Hello there, children, and welcome to another episode. My name is. You forgot. Oh, my God, I just I like. Oh goodness. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pizzy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And this, and this is, is my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. That's probably the worst thing that has ever happened to me on this podcast. I literally like, I forgot my name. I forgot where I was. I forgot who I was. There, There's a saying in, uh, in the theater community where that happens. I remember Gavin Creel uh, talked about this once. He was like, it's called going into the white room. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically just like, you're there on stage but you have just like everything is gone there is no there is no semblance of what is happening that is like my worst nightmare i have anxiety dreams like that do you yeah like where i'm about to like perform something or i have to talk in front of people and i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> that's like that's not an uncommon worst dream fucking thing that, that can't be imagine. uncommon i can't imagine that it's uncommon but it doesn't change the fact that i hate them I mean, I have had some really bad moments with uh, going up on lines in my life. What I'm, I'm surprised that this did not come up in the minisode this week. Uh, or, yes, this week. Uh, I was like, when the fuck did we record that? Um, something very like that happened to me once. I was in a production of... Uh, romance romance which is a uh, whatever musical uh and i was doing it at the women's theater and i i was in a scene with a, a girl who i had actually gone to college with who was playing my uh wife and we had this song where we it's kind of an upbeat fun funny song where like she says something and then I have a response to it and she says something and I have a response to it. And she's like, it's always very like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And one night we had been doing the show for like over a week and poor Ashley. She just like went up, like did not know the words. And, uh, it was like, I just saw like her eyes glaze over and she was like, she was like, no, 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 this is not happening. And I like, she tried to get back on, but came on with the wrong lyrics. And so I tried to sing the right lyrics to like, get her back on track. And she like, would it, it was like wrong thing, something that doesn't mean anything to the context. Like she would say something and I would have a response that just was like nonsensical. <laughs> and so it was just me like trying to like get her back on track, get her back on track, get her back on track. And then finally she snapped back in <laughs> and like, she like realized where we were in the song and like, it came back to her 
and she got back on track and I had been panicking so hard that when we got back on track and I relaxed for a half a second, I went up. Like, I forgot what happened next because my my brain was just, like, so discombobulated. I was, like, I just was done. And so I just, like, totally went up on the words, like, lost my place in the song. And it was a small theater. We're talking, like, black box. And I was, like... Where the fuck is the musical director? Like, throw me a bone. Like, give me a line. Anything. Like, say something. And the last, like, 30 seconds of the song were just Ashley and I standing there in complete silence, (laughs) staring at each other. And that doesn't sound like a long time. But when you're supposed to be singing a song... 30 seconds is a long fucking time. (laughs) It is probably like one of the worst things that has ever happened to me on stage ever doing anything. And um, it really like it fucked with my head for a while. I, I have I still to this day because of that. I never had anxiety about going up on lyrics before that. And to this day, this was. It had to have been like 10 years ago because it was so long. Like David and I were not even dating at the time. So it was at, it was probably about 10 years ago. And I, I still to this day have like panic attacks when I'm about to go on stage. If I'm doing like a new song that I haven't really gotten a chance to do much I'll panic because I'm like, oh my God, what if, what if it happens again? (laughs) I have like PTSD. (laughs) How are you, Sam Baxter? (laughs) What's new with you? I'm good. I'm sad. Why are you sad? Because I have two cranberry Red Bulls left, like apparently in my entire life because the red edition is now watermelon and that sucks. That is pretty terrible. I mean, that's your favorite thing. It is my favorite thing. In the world. I'm very sad. I'm going to have to switch to Tangerine. Oh, no. Please don't. (laughs) Oh, my God. This podcast is going to take a dark turn. Oh, no. Oh, God. (laughs) We have to find you another flavor. Don't they have, like, a a Christmas berry? They do, but that's only for, like, a month. Well, we're going to stock the fuck up in December. (laughs) We're going to buy, like, 16 cases of Christmas berry Red Red Bull (laughs) and store it in your basement. Uh, oh, that's sad. I'm sorry that that happened. It's okay. We'll have to go to uh, we'll have to go to BJ's and see if they have like a couple cases. Cause if they do, that could be like your saving grace. Could we can be. get a few more months out of cranberry. Would you? Uh, do you have a BJ's membership? No. 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 BJ's is like Costco for those of you who don't know. Um. Dad, Dad has a BJ's membership. Yes, he does, and nothing makes him happier than to go there. I was just going to say it would be like fucking Christmas if you called him and you were like, Dad, I want to go to BJ's. It would be like his favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and BJ's in the same day. I, it occurred to me after I said it. <laughs> did, it did it occur to you? It was, it was as surprising to me as it was to you. If it makes you feel any better. I wish I could say it was surprising to me. That was a long road to walk down, but I'm glad we did. 
somewhere dad is listening to this like and no (laughs) he just turned that fucker off he was like we're not doing this today um yeah we'll have to get (laughs) we'll have to get dad to take you to costco (laughs) there you go we gotta get dad a costco membership yeah, just to avoid awkwardness, apparently. Uh, yeah, that. But what a terrible thing to have done. There's no way that that store is old enough that it didn't mean that when they named it. <laughs> no one was like, "Hey, let's call this let's call this store BJ's," and they're like, "I've got one better. Let's call it Cocksuckers." Let's. I, the, you want you want the real deal? You go to Cocksuckers. <laughs> That's what Costco was originally. Costco was cocksuckers, <laughs> and they were like, guys. <laughs> there are children. And in case you were wondering if we got the explicit sticker this week, that was it. <laughs> I don't think there's been a single episode where we didn't earn that explicit sticker. Well, to be fair, you choose whether or not it's explicit. So we we are not we are not assigned the explicit no, sticker. I, understand I that. just I just every week I'm like fuck it. This is it. <laughs> like we say all kinds of uh No, but I don't think it's ever been put on when it didn't need to be. No. You know what's funny? I've been do- I've been editing and uploading these podcasts for a year. I've been doing all this shit and like never really looked to see what the quali- qualifications of explicit were. I always just assumed because we cursed and talked about violence and things like that 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 fell under explicit. But I'm like, for all I know, as long as we don't talk about like felching, th- this <laughs> podcast could easily not be explicit. Except for this episode where we did talk this about This episode is extra explicit. <laughs> <laughs> that said. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway. Um, what what the hell were we even talking about? Costco. Um <laughs> Uh, we do, we have a Costco no, near here now. We just got one. We got that and a Trader Joe's. And they're in the same parking lot. And the Costco side is very wide open and, and uh, makes sense. And the Trader Joe's parking lot is like a fucking obstacle course. Well, yes, that's a requirement when they choose a store. I don't know why. It's so just, odd. It's part of the experience. They want you to have the entire experience. They want you to come into the store infuriated. Yes, because then you get to be <laughs> delighted by all the lovely Trader Joe's. Oh, that must be it. And not they, just they want ready to, to like... Mood. I was thinking it was more that they hated their employees enough that they wanted everyone to come in breathing fire. I was like, <laughs> why do you do this to your poor stock? I have to say, like, I worked at Trader Joe's for, for a while. You did. For a little over a year. And like... I had like 90% fewer bad customer interactions at Trader Joe's, largely because they just would do whatever you wanted. Really? Like there is not, I cannot think of a request a customer had that if it was within our power to give, we didn't give. Like, obviously, if we're out of lettuce and you want lettuce, we can't do anything about that. <laughs> you, you go next door to shop, right? You're like, you're like, yes, we will get you lettuce. <laughs> but like... No, um, I'm still saying we like I still work there. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a flashback. No, but, um, but yeah, no. If you go to Trader Joe's, like basically, like you can walk in there with like a week old thing of rotten meat. If you haven't eaten it, you can be like, I want a new one, and they'll be like, Yeah, sure. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and they just take that one and they yeah. make the employees eat it. 
<laughs> They're like, if you can't sell good meat, you're going to eat it. <laughs> and you're like, the entire confection. Did I ever tell you, because I was working there after Hurricane Sandy, did I ever tell you what my job was no. the day after? Because we all had to go in when the store had no power and like clean up. Oh, no. All the like meat and yeah, dairy and shit. Yeah, I got to clean up the meat locker. Oh, God. It was the most horrific day of my life. Was it flooded? It was not flooded, but everything inside it had been in there for a week with no air conditioning. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's so unpleasant. So all of that had to get thrown out. I had a fucking N95 mask on. <laughs> <laughs> so you were and familiar. Like four pairs of gloves. <laughs> what uh, do they? When something like that happens, do they have to like close the store for an additional day for people to come in and like spray for insects and shit? Yeah, no, um, we did all of the sanitizing, but yes. So you had to, like, get rid of all the bugs that were no doubt attracted by... Well, luckily it was November, so, like, there wasn't... So it was basically a freezer too, anyway. Too bad. Like, Unless it was this November when yeah. it's, like, 90 degrees outside. I just went on a fucking tirade the other day because I was like, I went to Home Goods. This is so unnecessary. I went to Home Goods because I, I my candlesticks broke on my uh on my dining room table. And so I went in just I I had to go to Lowe's anyway, which was next door, and I was like, oh, there's a home goods. Let me go see if they have candlesticks. I walk inside. It is no November. And I am there in sweatpants and a hoodie, not even like a heavy coat. And I was fucking sweating. I was dying. And in the mask, I was like, you motherfuckers, we're having a heat wave and you couldn't turn off the fucking uh, heat in this store. I was like, who is here? Why is it so goddamn hot? I was the manager was a little old Italian lady. She was just like, it's fucking cold. <laughs> turn the thermostat up. Nana, it's 110 degrees in here. <laughs> I can't Put it feel at my 112. <laughs> I'm not comfortable unless it's 111. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my experience in fucking Home Goods, <clears throat> and I did not name them by name when I posted about it on Facebook. But such is life. Here we go. I've I've implicated myself in a slander case. <laughs> Calling out Home Goods. Listen, and I love Home Goods. You're taking on Big Chachki. Bitch, ch- <laughs> Big Chachki. <laughs> Uh, I do. I love Home Goods, but I was very, I was very unhappy that day. What did you say? I said, and they're weird gourmet foods that no one ever buys. I don't even understand why they have it. It's like the same stock has probably been there since 1997. (laughs) I think it's time we could retire it. I'm pretty sure that there are jars of olives that are like fossilized, like like legit fossilized. They could be carbon dated. walk through there and it's just all terrible chocolate and weird looking pasta and like i don't know anybody who's ever bought anything from the food section of a yeah i don't know i've never done it i would buy chocolate i guess i'll buy any chocolate if i'm being honest i mean that's fair it's still weird chocolate it's home goods chocolate it's home goods (laughs) chocolate (laughs) but anyway welcome to another episode kids Oh my god, I am impl- I had one Red Bull and I am fucking dying. 
I don't know how you do this every week. I'm like, imp- every system in my body is shutting down. My body is like Jurassic Park right now. <laughs> the fences are down and the animals are running wild. <laughs> to be fair, I have also been doing NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month for anyone mm-hmm. who is un- not unaware of that. And if you are aware of that, it's because you're doing it and you live in hell. Um, <laughs> but... As a result of that, I have been drinking like three cups of coffee a day. So like one Red Bull is not going to bother me. Mm. Can I tell you, coffee does not give me energy. I really like, I have tried so many times. I'll like, I'll be like, oh, I'm really like, I'm, I'm really hitting a slump today. Like, let me, let me get a cup of coffee and that'll, that'll boost my spirits and it i i have like mima's jeans i could have a cup of coffee and go to bed like that is <laughs> it really does not affect me and i've been living in denial but uh in a way it's nice because i can like i can have a cup of coffee after dinner and not think about it yeah um and it's actually kind of nice because then i just shit everything i ate out and it's like <laughs> well <laughs> it, it doesn't act as a as a uh, speed for me, but it does act as a fucking diuretic. Now you know. You're welcome. <laughs> I I need something like Red Bull if I'm if I'm really like running on fumes. There have been times I showed up to a show and I was like, "Give me a large Red Bull," and the bartender is like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> they're like they're like, "Was it a bad day? Are you are you feeling? Are you getting the sads?" And I was like, "No, give me the Red Bull." <laughs> And then I'm bouncing off the walls for four hours, and they're like, you need to end this show. <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, we closed two hours ago. You need to leave. Pissy, no one is here. You are performing for no one. We're going to have to call security now. And I'm like, you want another encore? And they're like, she's fired. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's not what we're talking about. No, not at all. But uh, happy to be here. Happy to do it. We have a really... I don't know what word to use. I want to say exciting episode for you today. This one is fun because it is not one of my like favorite horror movies. But I don't mean that in that I don't like it. It's just not one that I am really well versed in. So watching it today in order to discuss it on the podcast was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, um, it had been quite a while since I watched it. It's not. It's not one of the ones, it's not like a go-to for me. It's not a like fun horror movie. You know what I mean? It's fun, but it's not like, it's not like Scream or Halloween or like, it doesn't have that like camp almost silliness. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, um, it is taking itself a hundred percent seriously. Very seriously. And it's very gritty. I would say it's probably one of the like OG gritty horror movies. Yeah, I mean, the 70s kind of did a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this was kind of a ripoff of Psycho. Yeah, it had a lot of Psycho elements. It, I would argue that it had a lot of elements of Last House on the Left. Um, we are, of course, talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This movie came out before Rocky Horror. Yes, it did. And Rocky Horror is still regarded as the weird sister. <laughs> the other other sister this movie was banned in like 1500s 
the trailer was banned. The thing that that gets me is that Toby Hooper, the director of this film, mm-hmm. specifically showed as little violence on screen as he could because he was trying to get a PG rating. P- PG? <laughs> yeah. I don't think PG-13 existed at the time. PG It was just PG was, and R? I think it was PG to R. So he was trying to get a PG rating of initially the MPA. I don't even think this would X. be B. I was like, I don't think this would be PG-13 today. No, it would be R today. Easily R. He he ended up with an R anyway, but initially the MPAA wanted to give him an X. How did he uh, reason it down? They cut out a bunch of shit. Really? Yeah, I can so, only some, imagine what ended up on the cutting room floor. Somewhere out there, I really hope there is like a the Texas director's Chainsaw cut. Massacre extreme cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I would watch the shit out of that. The chain version? Yes. My, like with the chain instead of the, the safe. It's not a fake. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching this movie. It was, it, it is, it has its silly moments, but not the way our movies usually do. Yeah, no, because there's no intentional comedy in this. I mean, we have watched, like, Halloween does not really have a lot of intentional comedy, but there's a lot of space for laughs. I I would argue Annie's whole, whole character is... Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously the Lonnie bit is, like, supposed to be funny. But this movie, it was not setting out for a laugh track. No. There was no no reason for us to think that uh, that was what Toby was going for on this this movie. Um, (laughs) What is your general impression of this movie? My general impression of this movie is essentially that this is the like gritty, grim, dark cousin of things like Halloween and Scream and Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Like Texas Chainsaw is the you know the hardcore cousin. He you know it's the guy who goes to the gym. It's the cousin from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, Everything's bigger. But yeah, no, it's kind of. It's somewhere between torture porn and a slasher movie. I'll me. agree with that. Yeah, like it's it's kind of skirting the gray area of each. It and that's why I compared it to Last House on the Left because Last House on the Left is so viciously violent. Yeah, in in a way that is like not. It's not fun the way a slasher movie is fun where it's like you can separate yourself from it. It feels very unreal. And that's why the violence is so much fun because it it's very clear that like no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Well, it's also in your typical slasher movie. Like you have those like outrageous kills. Yeah. Right? Like that, that stuff that you know could never happen. Like one thing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, you know, there's really nothing in this movie that isn't feasible you know, it's like yeah. I mean, there's no fun like liquid nitrogen kill. Yeah, you know? that like, uh, that I'll agree with that because there are some that are unlikely. Yeah, but uh, not impossible. But not impossible, not by any means. <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking of you, girl on the meat hook. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to her because that is definitely a discussion we're going to have today. Um, I took a lot of notes while we were watching this movie because I, like I said, it had not watched it in a long time. It wasn't like 
in my in my wheelhouse of of horror movies. So I took a lot of notes about what about things I liked, things I I thought were like crazy. I didn't have like a bad moment during this movie. There was never a moment where I was like, "Oh, I'm not really enjoying this." Yeah, no, some of that is just that it moves so fast. It does move very fast. I don't actually know what the runtime is. It can't be that long. Maybe an hour I 20. I think it's like an hour 20 hour. <clears throat> Something like that. But it, it, I mean, it does have a little bit of a slump. I, I guess I wouldn't um, call it a slump, but it, it. There's a there's an interlude. There's definitely an interlude. And then when we get Sally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doing the rat race. That's <laughs> yes. when it gets to be uh, a lot of fun for me. And I'll tell you why. Um, so just as a brief overview, this if, if you have not seen this movie, you should probably watch it before we talk about it because we're about to ruin it. But it did come out in 1972, which was Four. fucking 40 years ago. So Or 50 years ago? 1974. 70 to 2000 is 30. Plus 20 is 50. It will be 50 in 2024. So it's just about 50. Jesus Christ, this movie is almost 50 years old. Yeah. The the actors in this are probably in their 70s. Yep. Jesus, that hurt my heart. <laughs> They're almost as old as you are. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Every time. You always walk right into it. Um, you did your own setup. <laughs> This movie uh, is generally about uh, five five kids who are on a road trip for kind of no reason at all in Texas, and um, well, actually, they're they do have a reason. They're visiting the grandfather. Is that what it is? No, they're visiting the graveyard where their grandfather was buried. But that's what I'm saying because there's been a bunch of body snatchings. Yes, so they went to make sure that the body was still there. It does end up still being there. Um, and they end up running out of gas and becoming stranded and they come upon this farm or a butcher <laughs> uh, and they decide to try and get some help from this butcher and they investigate the farmhouse and everything goes haywire. <laughs> yeah, things don't go well. <laughs> yeah, this is not... Uh, this is not your grandma's horror movie. <laughs> Everything kind of goes wrong for these kids. <laughs> um, there are a number of characters. There is uh, Jerry, who is the driver of the minibus or the minivan that they are. It's not a minivan. It's a no, full-on it's a van, van. Yeah. that they are driving. Um, Sally is the arguably main character. She is the final girl of, of this movie. Then we have uh, Franklin, her brother, who is uh, who is bound to a wheelchair and i have a lot to talk about when it comes to franklin <laughs> and and we will discuss all of this and then there's the other two we have kirk and pam i believe yeah, are their kirk names and kirk and pam and uh they're kind of the the slutty couple that every friend group has that yes, dies the in the canoodlers the canoodlers <laughs> <laughs> what are you having for dinner canoodles <laughs> <clears throat> and uh they are they're the the flighty friends who are kind of there to have a good time and probably have the worst time <laughs> <laughs> and all of these five friends end up kind of going on this little adventure 
over the course of the movie. In the beginning of the movie, it is prefaced with a kind of a Star Wars style scroll uh, narrative. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except no, it's John Larroquette. John Larroquette. And um, what did you say about his... Uh... Oh, apparently he was paid one joint of marijuana for his performances. <laughs> well, that was all he had to do. <laughs> I would have done it for that. Um, which is so bizarre. The 70s were so strange. And my my kind of gut reaction to this was... This was probably one of, not the, but one of the earliest movies to use that kind of mock found footage, true story situation. Yeah, at least where it wasn't actually working off of a real event. Yeah, definitely. Because this was kind of, this was not long after the kind of Hitchcock error Era. Oh my god, I, I cannot speak tonight. The Hitchcock era of horror is exactly the sentence I was trying to say before uh, the aneurysm. This was kind of coming off of that intelligent, scripted, uh, high art horror film. And now we're getting into the kind of gritty era of horror that I think was, for the most part, brought on by the Night of the Living Dead kind of style of horror movie that was just like poor people in an awful situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, there weren't extenuating circumstances. It was just zombies, bad. Okay. Yeah. And now we're into, you know, crazy people in the mid- in the middle of the desert. Bad. Bad situation. Bad. And that's kind of where we end up in in this movie. And I like that about this movie because it does feel very new in terms of when it came out. Uh, it was preceded by the last house on the left, which I would argue is probably even worse than this one in terms of content. Have you, you've seen last house on the left. Yes, I've seen last house on the left. I know it's not one of your favorites. <clears throat> I, um, I kind of hate that movie actually. Do you really? Yeah, no, I don't enjoy it at all. It's not an enjoyable movie. I think it's a well-made movie but it is not fun to watch no it is it is uh it it doesn't pull a lot of punches no in in its depiction of violence against women and uh uh sexual violence and things like that so it's not a movie i would normally recommend to a lot of people just because it's if you're looking to have a good time watching a horror movie that is just not the one. No. That's I, that's for when you kind of like want that's for when you want to like beat yourself with a belt but don't have a belt handy. You watch Last House on the Left. Yeah, it's a very masochistic watch. It's like there is no you are you are flogging, full on flogging. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway, back to Texas Chainsaw. I like that this was kind of it was new in its approach to horror. I wouldn't be surprised if it was extremely uh, inspired by Last House on the Left in terms of its grit and realness. Yeah. But it does kind of... It has a surreal touch. 
Yeah, no, the whole thing feels kind of ethereal. There's there's the whole bit during this dinner scene where we're getting just close-ups of, of Marilyn Burns screaming mm-hmm. and the camera's and her tilting eyeballs. all the way yeah. in all different ways. And like, there, there's something kind of surreal about it. Yeah, Yeah, and it is kind of depicting like panic and mania. Um, I I... I like that this movie kind of toes a line between realism and surrealism. Even the idea of Leatherface. Obviously, we know that Leatherface was uh, inspired by Ed Gein, so it's yes. not that unrealistic. Yeah, no, it's, hor- it's not horrifically, that. <laughs> it's not that out of out of touch with reality. No, <laughs> it it strangely has one foot in the door, but um, I I. I like that it kind of feels almost too crazy to be real. Uh, and I, I obviously love Leatherface. He's become such an icon in in the genre. It's like you can't talk to anyone who doesn't know Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like he gets left out a lot of the time Like when you talk about like slasher movies. And I think some of that is just because Texas Chainsaw isn't truly a slasher movie. I I will agree with that. Why do you think he gets left out? I think one of it, one of the reasons, one of it. One of one it. Of the, <laughs> I think one of it. What a, I think one three of, of it. What now? Is that I don't think the sequels did as well as the sequels from other from other series. Mm. Um, Are there more? Is there more than one sequel? Yeah. Um, there's one with Matthew McConaughey in it. Isn't that the second one? Mm. I believe it's like the third or fourth. Oh, I always assumed it was the second one. No, there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Texas See, Chainsaw 3. The 3. The 3 deepening. <laughs> the 3 deepening. <laughs> but like, see, I can't name them. Like, it's it's one of those things where, like, I've never seen any of the sequels except for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And, and that's kind of the funny thing is, like, in my opinion, this movie does not set itself up very well for being a franchise or madcap antics and sequels but texas chainsaw massacre 2 is one of the funniest films ever made oh i've i i can't remember ever (laughs) seeing it so it's hard for me to say like what what is funny about it it's kind of a train wreck it's it's it's, farcical (laughs) i don't even know how to describe it it is just it is it is a technicolor nightmare (laughs) and like (laughs) i think that's a beautiful description (laughs) It's one of those things where, where I don't even know if we should do it on the podcast. I think we should do it as a watch along because I feel like your reaction to this movie needs to be filmed. I'm, and you know what? <laughs> I am perfectly happy to make my first viewing of this movie a, a filmed escapade. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think some of it is the fact that the sequels aren't really didn't really do as well as the sequels from other franchises Mm. i think some of it is leatherface has a tendency to kind of kill people very quickly yeah he does not fuck around yeah like i think the gritty realism actually hurts its ability to be a franchise that's how i felt about it i was like i did not see this as a franchisable movie i was kind of disappointed that at the end of the movie Sally doesn't really get she does not fight her way out of that situation. Not really, no. Obviously she survives and is uh 
you know, <laughs> I mean, she has her she has her moment. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Uh, that we'll be discussing tonight. But she doesn't really effectively fight back. And that's not a criticism of, of Sally. It's more a criticism of the writing, if I'm being honest. But we never get that moment of her kind of retaliating and like fighting her way out of the situation. And I know that that's because this was so early on in gritty horror and slasher horror that that just wasn't really yeah, a no, thing. It wasn't, it wasn't a trope yet. It wasn't a trope by any means, um, but it kind of makes me sad that we don't get to see that for her. It makes me sad and it doesn't because I think what I think they're going for something different, at least in the original. Mm-hmm. I think they're going for a different kind of scary. And we're not supposed to feel uplifted by Sally's story. We're supposed to kind of just walk out of the theater like, oh, okay, I can breathe again. Mm. I think and it's that's fair. supposed to be a different reaction. I think it would have... Even if she had, like, stabbed Grandpa. Or, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, some something or to kind of... hitchhiker in the nuts or something. Yeah, like, like, there needed to be some kind of... Because that hitchhiker was fucking nuts. Yeah, Edwin Neal is kind of a genius. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the character. The, obviously, the actor is very talented, but the actor who played the hitchhiker, or I'm sorry, the hitchhiker himself, is just such a a crazy fucking character. And to never see her, I mean, obviously, he gets what's coming to him. Yes, he does. But to never see her get to participate in it in any way really is kind of disappointing well because there is a real hero to this movie and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the man in the mac truck it's the man in the truck <laughs> who runs over the hitchhiker and then runs his ass away like, he literally but you <laughs> you pointed this out to me when we were watching it and i was like oh my god this is so true he runs the hitchhiker over like full-on flattens this motherfucker like he's wily e. coyote <laughs> Stops the truck, gets out to be like, what the fuck was that? Sees bloody Sally running towards him, followed very shortly by Leatherface with a revved up chainsaw. In a pantsuit. In a pantsuit, <laughs> for some reason, decided to put on his Sunday best to chase Sally through the woods. Um, And the truck driver is initially walking towards her, then Leatherface rounds the corner and he nopes the fuck fuck out of there he, i've never seen he literally like turned on his goddamn heels he was like and scene he runs back to the truck pulls sally inside closes the door leather faces j- just like I-, I don't know he gets like stupid fish syndrome and starts attacking the door the window is open yeah but he's by just, the way he's just running the chainsaw into the middle door yeah for no fucking reason and the <laughs> the truck driver Climbs out the other side with Sally and a very large wrench. Yes. Leatherface sees them, starts chasing them. The truck driver (laughs) turns around and like he's fucking odd job, just like (laughs) tosses this wrench and pelts Leatherface in the goddamn Leatherface. And he (laughs) hits the ground and almost cuts his goddamn leg off with the chainsaw. 
And then... And then he runs the fuck out of the movie. <laughs> he just runs out of the movie. There is no reason this man couldn't have... Because another pickup truck pulls up and Sally starts to get in the back of the pickup truck. There's no reason this man couldn't have either gotten in the truck with Sally or gotten back in his truck and drove the fuck away. But this man... <laughs> turned into a fucking Olympian and was like, bye, and just <laughs> ran down the street. I was like, where are you going? The real hero of Texas. He, it was, I know, it was like <laughs> what women want. It was like, it's just you in the road. It, this man was just like, like focused. He turned into Forrest Gump. He's like, I'm, <laughs> until I'm I not going to stop running until I hit the ocean. <laughs> And even then, he's probably, like, halfway to Peru right now. Um, yeah, the truck driver was definitely one of my favorite characters in this movie. I took a lot of notes. I'm going to go through some of my notes because I think it, uh, it, it's important to get the full effect of this movie. Can we start with um, the, the beginning of the movie? We have the, f- the five kids in the van. And my my the first thing I, I noticed about this movie is that... None of the teenagers, except for Franklin, sound like they're from Texas. That's a very good point. None of the well, Kirk kind of has an accent a little bit by like the skin of his teeth. Yeah, I can't. No. None of the and I was like, I was like, who, <laughs> who was like, don't need it. Who cares? Yeah, no. Jerry sounds like Woody Allen. I don't know. I know. <laughs> He's like, is it? Is anybody home? Is anyone here? I, I, I'm outside. Can Can somebody let me in? Uh, what, what What's wrong with your face? <laughs> Like, that's my best Woody, Al- Woody Allen impression. Um, yeah, it was very, he he was like New York, Brooklyn Jew. I don't know, where, like, where Jerry was coming from at the beginning of this movie. Uh, but he he did not sound like he was from Texas. An- another very important note that I wrote down is that in the beginning of this movie, you see a dead armadillo. Yes, we do. And I wrote that I saw an armadillo once. <laughs> I did. Have you ever seen it's one in person? Scintillating analysis. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen an armadillo in person. Never? Oh, they're kind of cute. They're smaller than I would have thought. Really? Yeah. If you were going based on like 90s and early 2000s video games, you would have thought that they were massive. But... um. <laughs> They are not. They are They are quite small. I saw them. I was driving through Missouri and uh, I saw one on the side of the road. I was with two people. I was doing a, um, uh, a Midwestern tour <laughs> and I saw an armadillo on the side of the road and I was like, that's an armadillo. And Sean, who was one of the people I was with, who was from Missouri, was like, yeah, they're all over the place. They're like fucking raccoons. And I was like, you have armadillos everywhere? <laughs> And he was like, yes. And I was like, this is like another world. (laughs) You might as well. You could have told me I was on Mars and I would have been like, okay, yes, I see it. Um, I named him. His name was Armadillon. And he was my favorite part of the trip, if I'm being honest. I I was so enamored by armadillos. I think they're so cool looking. I once met a person who was from Australia. They had come to the U.S. to visit one of my friends mm-hmm. who was absolutely besotted by the fact that she could see deer, <laughs> like, at, just outside. Deer are fucking stupid. I hate deer. Like, walking through backyards. I don't... 
she was just like she would just sit there and she would just watch the deer for like 20 minutes and we're sitting here going like this is literally the most boring thing you could be doing (laughs) (laughs) if it was a bear i'd be like like, okay if it was a bear yeah maybe (laughs) but it's just like raccoons are cute like i would kind of get it but like it's a deer i hate deer and i know people are gonna be very upset by that well that's that's why it's like i know it's not their fault but like if you see two bright lights coming at you at 80 miles an hour, would you run out into the street in front of it? No. No. Fucking dumbass bastards just <laughs> out there trying to ruin nice cars. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because in my experience, I have only nearly hit one deer. But I have I have seen a number of times where it's like the car is driving down the road. The deer is watching it. Yeah. Come toward it. And then as the car approaches, that's when the deer darts out in front of it. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get it together. You're an idiot. Stop it. The one time I hit a deer, actually, I never even saw it coming because it came out of a bush, hit my car, <laughs> and went back into another bush. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, like it ran into the side of your car? No, it ran out. I hit it. It scrambled around for a minute, jumped down, and ran off into the woods. So, how was your car? Um, my car was doing a lot worse than the deer, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> because it had managed to dent the hood so badly we couldn't open it, <laughs> and there were just tufts of hair like sticking out. Of <laughs> like, your, like your headlights had eyelashes. Now, the very sad thing is, is it was probably running on adrenaline, and it probably did die. Oh, that's sad. But, um. Yeah, there's a little part of me that's like, well, you did a stupid ass thing. (laughs) (laughs) One day, and this is so, uh, people are going to unsubscribe. (laughs) One day, I'm going to get Kevin to tell the story on the podcast of the time he and Bob were in the car and he almost hit, or he did hit the raccoon. Do you know this story? (laughs) One day, I'm going to get Kevin to tell this story because obviously it is very sad that he hit the raccoon but kevin's reaction to the raccoon is the funny part (laughs) uh let's keep on rolling shall we Uh, um so basically the next 40 to 50 notes that i have yeah are about franklin (laughs) okay this character is so bizarrely depicted in this movie to me. I just like, not only does it like, uh, I, I mean, I'm one of those people who I can separate a movie based on the time it was made. And so it's like, I can kind of say, yes, I enjoy this movie despite it's like bizarre depiction of differently abled people. But it's like, here is Franklin who is in a wheelchair we are never given a reason for him being in the wheelchair but he's depicted as someone who is operating at a mental deficit (laughs) am i wrong (laughs) but like not consistently Um, like he is often depicted as a regular person but then he'll do like he'll do or say something a certain way and i was like it almost felt like they were calling everyone who 
lives their life in a wheelchair, the R word. And I was like, why is this a thing? It felt so strange to me. I mean, I always just read Franklin as kind of annoying, but. He is annoying, but it's it's like a step beyond. There are times when it's like the things he's saying are like juvenile. Yeah, but he's supposed to be like a teenager, the most like in his 20s. It felt like more, not juvenile in the way teenagers are juvenile, almost like juvenile in his like understanding and operation in the world. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like reading it, reading it in a very unique light, but it felt very, it felt very strange to me. Okay. Um, And I mean, that's fair. On top of it. I, I don't know. Franklin just gets the shit end of the stick from minute one <laughs> until the minute he meets his maker. It is like... Yeah, Franklin is having the worst day. Of, like, of literally the worst fucking day. Um, Rolls down the hill while he's trying to take a piss. <laughs> and that was the other thing. I was like, why do we have to watch this guy in a wheelchair take a piss in a jar? It's like... And, and not only that, it's like it's his first time doing it. <laughs> It just looks so also, like. Who wheels the guy in a wheelchair to the top of a hill? To make <laughs> him do that? Like, like, what are you doing? Like, well, we've arrived at the cliffs of Moher. <laughs> Franklin, here's your jar. Rolled him out to the edge. You're on your own, buddy. <laughs> he ends up like the Countess, whatever the fuck from the Three Musketeers. He's like, Ma! Oh, Countess de Winter. Countess de Winter. <laughs> Rebecca Mornet. De Mornay? Mornay. De Mornay. Okay. Um, yeah, and of course, of course, Franklin ends up rolling down the fucking hill and falling out of the chair. Yes. It's like, this is a given. You roll a guy to the edge of a cliff and make him pee in a jar, he's going to fall down the hill. <laughs> yes. This is, this is just how the world works in horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> they get him back in the car, and then it's like, then they find the, the hitchhiker. Yeah. And literally just crazy happens just crazy yeah no he's just he's just nuts he is fucking nuts my one note about him was i wouldn't pick that guy up to lift him out of a fire pit like (laughs) i i was like this guy in no world should have been in that car no and it's one of those things you know we we say this a lot don't pick up hitchhikers like Mm -hmm. ever ever don't do that from the true crime portion of this podcast (laughs) but like that guy especially, like, if you see a guy with a sack on the side of the road. Who ha- who literally looks like he's been chewing on metal plates all day. Yeah, and has, like, a fur pouch around his neck. And a weird red mark on his face. Was yeah. it blood? Was it a tattoo? I think it was supposed to be a birthmark. A red one? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, you can have, like, large... That shade of red? Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Well, it's not always on the face. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen many different parts of people, and I have never seen... I have never... It looked like he was in Braveheart. I was like, what what is on his face? (laughs) I mean, the real answer is, I think, makeup, but that's not the point. I mean, they they pick him up and he does all that crazy. He takes pictures of, of Franklin and tries to sell them to him. And Franklin's like, I'm not buying your fucking stupid ass picture. <laughs> so he lights it on fire and cuts his hand with Franklin's knife, 
Franklin gives him the phone. Would you have ever? No. If you picked up any, your hitchhiker could be in a three-piece fucking suit. And if he said, oh, can I see your knife? I'd be like, you can suck the fart out of my ass. Get out of my car right now. <laughs> no, you cannot see my knife. And then he at- he's like, I have a knife. And he attacks Franklin with this, like, fucking razor. Cuts his arm yeah. pretty fucking deep. Yeah. And that's when the, that's when they kick him out of the car. Up up until this point, everything else was like par for the fucking course with these idiots. I think everyone who died in this car deserved it. They were all a bunch of fucking morons. Um, yeah. So <laughs> my my next note was just poor Franklin. <laughs> like Franklin is just having the worst fucking day, and then it cuts to fucking Sal after they kick. The, the the hitchhiker out of the car um he marks the car with the blood on his hand which yeah. is like okay uh and then it cuts to them continuing down the road and sally is like reading franklin his horoscope i uh, know that's pam actually pam, whoever the fuck is reading the heart pam is reading franklin his horoscope and she might as well have been like bad luck and misfortune will infest your pathetic soul for all eternity because it was just like your day is going to be terrible someone's gonna attack you with a knife and like it was just so ridiculous i was like jesus pam keep it to yourself <laughs> For those of you who are who are under thirty, that was a Rocco's Modern Life joke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. It's just I, that's sad. probably that's what that and the big unruly mob song are yeah. one of my fa- are two of my favorite moments for and the recycle song. Is yes, that the, the big unruly mob song? No, it's a different one. We are a big, big unruly mob. Yeah. I, how's that for thirty years later? I yeah. still remember the fuck out of that song. Can't remember how to do calculus, but I can remember. <laughs> Do you want to hear something really sad? What? I tried to do subtraction by hand the other day, <laughs> like up to four digits, and had a moment where I could not remember how to do it. Like, legit you know, was sitting there going like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God, I'm dumb. Oh, my God, I'm dumb. <laughs> It's not that strange to me because I have had a moment like that recently where I had to do math by hand and I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is, it's been a while (laughs) because when we were growing up, (laughs) (laughs) and it's, it's like the, the irony of it is that like when, when we were in school, our teachers always used to say to us like, well, what if you're somewhere and you don't have a calculator? What if you don't have a calculator on you? Who's going to do the math then? And now it's like we walk around with a calculator in our pocket every fucking day. And it's like, joke's on you, Mrs. D'Alessio. <laughs> fucking asshole. I hated her. You had D'Alessio, right? Yes, I did. Uh, I don't. Uh, she's probably dead, so I don't feel bad talking <laughs> about her. Um, she was such an unruly, heinous asshole. Yeah, I hated she was, her. She was not a nice woman. She was my geometry teacher, and I had geometry with Louise Fristensky. And she and I sat together every class. <clears throat> and learning to do triangles, there was, there was like, I don't remember what, obviously I'm not good at math, but it was like using the points of the triangle. And the two triangles were F, A, G, and B, A, G. And I was like, Mrs. D'Alessio. <laughs> This was no accident. <laughs> and Louise kept looking at me and being like, fag bag. <laughs> fag bag. 
And I was like, I was like, yes, I see it, Louise. <laughs> I am aware of the fag bag. <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> Back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, my, basically from here, we, we come upon the slaughter house yeah and that is it's just like there's really not a break from here until the end no there's really no lull in the action that's such a funny word lull lull <laughs> it sounds it's like, also fun to say i know it's kind of you know i i hadn't thought about it and you if if i didn't know better i would think that the dispensary had already opened based on this conversation <laughs> Lull. We're like, lull. <laughs> Just saying lull. It sounds like we're saying lull. Like, like LOL. Um, basically, Kirk goes up to the house with Pam and ends up getting fucking wrecked. Yeah. He just... Uh, but here's what I said. The guys, with the exception of Franklin, and I have a theory why, get much easier attacks and deaths in this movie than the women yeah am i wrong i mean there's only there's only one woman who who dies (coughs) but but sally does get attacked yeah no sally gets some rough treatment she definitely does over the course of this film so did marilyn burns apparently a lot of that blood on her at the end is hers (laughs) (laughs) poor marilyn um there's something about that name but when when Kirk goes up to the house, he obviously comes upon Leatherface in the kitchen and <laughs> gets bludgeoned to death. Because yes. they make a whole they make a whole stink about talking about the old way of, of slaughter versus the new mm-hmm. way of slaughter. And it's like the sledgehammer versus the the air gun. The air gun, the air gun is it's funny because now we've like I was like, Oh, that's like the gun they used in it. Yeah. It's the one that they depicted Mike's family using in the new it films and they're kind of talking about one versus the other basically for 20 minutes in the movie yeah. and we find out that leatherface far prefers the the sledgehammer, the, the sledgehammer. Yes. and kirk gets hit with the sledgehammer but i said like that's probably the most humane death in the movie it's pretty yeah. quick it doesn't go on for very long yeah, no, it's it's like two hits and he's done. <clears throat> and they're not far apart. No, it's like hit a couple seconds, hit again. Yeah, and he's done. He's out. Yeah. You know, coach pulled him from the game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he goes into the kitchen. Then we get Pam wandering into the house yeah. and she finds the... The the, <laughs> the room of horrors. The stra- the, the, yeah, yeah, the disappointments room. <laughs> and <laughs> this room, by the way, is... Very strange. Yes, it has a live chicken and a bird. <laughs> it does have a live chicken. And I was like, oh, I guess they don't do free range here. Um and one of the things that uh one of the things that I noted about this this room that she finds herself in is that like the sad part is that like the art it's obviously art. It's all like bones yeah. and you know hooves and people's hands and shit and i was like the art isn't really that good like it's <laughs> you were 
critiquing? I, you know, if it's going to be there, I'm going to give it a fair like critique. Standing and there with your hand under your chin going, I don't get it. If it's going to be weird, it better be like engaging. And I just found it to be kind of boring. <laughs> it was boring macabre it was, it art. Was boring bone art. Bone art. <laughs> it was bone art. Uh, yes, it was boring bone art. And then, of course, Pam encounters Leatherface. Yes, and this is the worst kill in the movie. In the whole... Well, yes. I would argue that Franklin's is comparable. It's pretty bad, but considering that... Considering that we see Pam again. Yeah. I would argue her definitely takes the longest and is the most painful. That's fair. But... in the way that hers is the longest and most painful and is certainly the most memorable from the movie, Franklin's is particularly gruesome. It is, but again, like, we, we miss out on it because Toby Hooper was trying to get this a PG fucking rating. Well, yeah, we but... lost a lot of the gore. You lose a lot of the gore, but I think anyone who has, like half a flicker of imagination can be like, oh, this is not fun to yeah. to experience. Because, I, I, I mean, we're dancing around it. Franklin gets mauled with a chainsaw. Yeah. Um, and, and that, to me, is like a really unsettling way to go. But, to be fair, Pam gets put on a meat hook. <laughs> so... <laughs> And is still alive sometime <clears throat> for later quite some time. When 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 is it Jerry or Sally who finds her? I think it was Jerry. Jerry Jerry finds her. Where Jerry in the finds her in freezer. the in the freezer, and she's still alive. Um, At least to some extent, yes. Yeah, like clearly, very <coughs> but but still alive. Yeah, she's um, she's had a long day. But you know, Pam's death is the most iconic one from this movie. It's that long shot of him dragging her toward the meat hook that you see yeah. from behind the meat hook. It's actually the most tension-building kill in the movie, I think. Yeah, because it's it's happening in real time, but it's taking a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So you don't. It's not a shock kill. It's a it's an anticipation kill. Yeah, it's not a shock kill by any means. I uh, mean, it's shocking. It is guess, shocking, but... but it is not. It's not like. It's not like Leatherface jumped out from behind a bookcase and like snatched her with a hook. It's like she gets out the front door. Yeah, I know. And he drags her back. I know. And that's the Kicking most. Kicking and screaming, literally. Literally. And that is the most horrifying part about it. It's like, wow, she really had a, a really unpleasant end of her life. Yeah, no, it's. One of the things that happens with these sort of more gritty, dark movies is I have a tendency to see the violence as if it were happening to a real person. And I mean, this that's death fair. is very unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is very unsettling. It is really like, I, I think, like you said, it, especially for me, it has always been the most memorable kill from this movie. I've seen this movie before. I knew how Franklin died theoretically but i didn't even remember it i remembered the meat hook because there's something about it that is so visceral that's like oh my god because you have to think it's like not just uh, this is going to be very gruesome so feel free to skip forward 15 or 30 seconds if you want it's not just the fact that she was essentially impaled yeah it's like she's hanging on it 
Yeah. So it is like hooked into her. Yes. This like that is upsetting. Yes, it is. <laughs> Especially because like she's grabbing at it and she's yeah. like um the actress who played Pam like really went full out. <laughs> yeah, she didn't pull any punches like, either. She's just her screaming and like yeah, it's while she's very unsettling. Yeah, while she is kind of being emptied, uh she has to watch Leatherface butcher Kirk with a chainsaw. Yeah. So there is really no uh <laughs> there's no levity in, no. in this moment for her. <laughs> uh there like even if she wasn't hanging on a meat hook, she'd still be watching her boyfriend getting hacked with a chainsaw. So yeah, this moment is particularly unpleasant. Um yeah, it's it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It, uh, as a viewer, again, knowing it's fake, I can appreciate it. Yeah. Um. I will say, as someone who is not involved in the moment, <laughs> I had maybe a, a, a little bit different perspective to look at this scene. And I happened to notice that amidst the chaos... Leatherface is very theatrical. <laughs> like he does have something of a flair for the. He's dramatic. flamboyant, flat out flamboyant. <laughs> he might as well have a fucking feather boa. I think in a different life he might have been a drag queen. <laughs> Don't you think he's like the way he's like testing the chainsaw and like like using these like very fluid large movements to kind of like tease and and duck with the chainsaw. It's like. All right, c- calm down, Barishnikov. Like, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> He's very theatrical. In the whole movie, he is very theatrical. It's kind of bizarre. <laughs> Especially the ending. The ending when he's just, like, spinning around, like, throwing the chainsaw everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, practically on tiptoe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, doing Swan Lake. Swan like, Lake. Like, Bugs He's like that video that's been circulating on Facebook of the like old dancer who like hears the music and starts doing the dance again. That's Leatherface. If you gave him a chainsaw, he'd start doing the dance again. Um, And then uh, let's skip all the bullshit. Franklin and Sally end up going looking for everybody. Franklin gets fucking hacked. Yeah, Franklin gets fucked up by that chainsaw. Like, what? massacred he is he is a one-man massacre franklin in this moment really does not end up uh getting the the easy way out um and is the only character to die by the chainsaw considering that this is the texas chainsaw massacre it probably it, should yeah. have been the texas sledgehammer massacre i know and, <laughs> and that was something that i i wanted to note is that it's very funny to me the way that uh the the more abled characters mm-hmm. kind of get these easy deaths. Jerry gets hit with the hammer. Yeah. Uh, Kirk gets hit with the hammer. Obviously not Pam. Pam. But um, those guys get a much easier death than Franklin. And <clears throat> I... I don't want to insinuate that it is some kind of prejudice against the differently abled, but I do think that's part of it. 
<laughs> but I do want to insinuate. I, I do think, I think there's a horror in someone not being able to escape. Almost like, it's like having a mouse in the trap and throwing it in a meat grinder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's what Toby was playing at in this moment. But, um... It is kind of strange the way Franklin always gets the short end of the stick in like every situation in this movie, whether it's hanging out with his sister or, the, or their friends, whether it's getting attacked by the hitchhiker, whether it's falling down a hill while you're peeing in a jar. Like there is never a moment that goes well for Franklin. And I wonder why that is. I really don't know. I really wish I had an answer for you. And it's like, was this meant as some kind of commentary or is it just something that I'm kind of reading too far into 50 years later that be- because this movie is of a different time, you know, because there are a lot of there are a lot of insinuations about intelligence and I shouldn't say intelligence, learning ability and and um learning conditions Things like that in this movie. It is very obviously implied that Leatherface is working at a deficit. Yeah, no, there's something cognitively different. That's the word I was looking for. He is cognitively different. impaired yeah. or different. Um, and even, granted, I don't think they would have known this at the time or deliberately depicted this after Leatherface kills I think it's Jerry yeah he goes into the disappointments room and he (laughs) starts like beating his head and staring out the window and grunting and it really is very reminiscent of the behavior of someone we would know today to be autistic yeah um actually I read because I read through the trivia on IMDb. Apparently mm-hmm. that was intentional. That kind of makes it worse and, for me. <laughs> and Gunnar Hansen actually went to a, to a center that helped um, autistic people and studied kind of how they... Have violent outbursts? Yeah. How they can have. Well, yeah. I, I did yeah. not mean to imply that no, it is uh, something that happens frequently or is inherent but it i mean there's a lot problematic about about leatherface yeah Um, it's difficult because he he doesn't he is gender non-conforming we'll say is he yes um the third mask he wears in this film is collectively referred to as the pretty woman mask Mm, it has lipstick on and fake eyelashes and he's wearing a woman's pantsuit and he's wearing three inch heels and a wig is he really? Yeah. I thought when you said three inch heels, you meant like platformed sneakers. No, he's wearing heels, I believe. Huh. That's odd. <laughs> uh, huh. Yeah, Leatherface is not a good assemblage <laughs> of trades. Um, but again... I am not above the idea of like looking at a movie in in the in in the with the frame of of mind of like when this came out and uh 
what the common knowledge of these topics was. I mean, it was practically the 60s when it was still illegal to be gay or yeah. transgender or well, it was still illegal in 1974. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but, uh, and even then to know kind of the, um, intricate details of, of cognitive ability and, and people who are differently abled again, although you're saying that they, they knew it and played into it, which is kind of scary, but, um, I, I'm not above putting this this movie in kind of a little time capsule and saying, okay, this was the 70s, it was a different time. However, watching it through the lens of a, a contemporary viewer, it's a bit questionable. Not so much so that I would say I don't still enjoy it, but it's questionable. <clears throat> no, using those traits to make Leatherface more frightening or seem stranger or seem weirder from today's perspective is is a bad bad thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, there are plenty of people who no don't one is, no one is denying that <laughs> exactly like there there are plenty of people i can't actually think off the top of my head of a an autistic serial killer I I, that's not to say that there wasn't one but there have been plenty of heterosexual white guys who had no problem hacking people to bits. Many of whom didn't even wear women's clothes. Most. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few. But <laughs> that's a different story, I there guess. There were also ones who wore women as clothes, Edgeen. What a funny <laughs> transition that might be. <laughs> Possibly. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, we... <laughs> make no sense for a while i know <laughs> at least a week um we uh we uh we did enjoy the end of this movie though because once once it's down to sally and the antics start that's when the movie really like you're like oh this is fun i'm <laughs> the, like this i can get into because the chase starts and the chase goes on for quite a while yes leatherface chases her through the woods chopping up tree branches as he goes chopping up tree branches Just stopping to make firewood as he, as he uh, yeah he's basically starting a uh a, a jaeger lumber on his way to um <laughs> on his way to kill sally and he chases her through the woods to the house that we know is his house she does not yeah um she encounters grandpa in the attic yeah and <laughs> oh boy, grandpa. which sounds a bit like an arrested development joke <laughs> i have pop pop in the attic <laughs> The fact that you call it oh, that God. tells me <laughs> that you're not old enough to be doing it. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Joke. I know it's such a good joke. What when we're done with unsolved mysteries, let's just move on, move on to Arrested Development. There's only two two seasons worth talking about. Um, so so uh, she encounters Pop Pop in the attic, runs back downstairs, is faced with Leatherface, and my favorite moment of the movie ensues because <laughs> Sally runs straight up the stairs and without any kind of hesitation I mean even the slightest hesitation throws herself through a window on the second story of the house my notes were oh, let me I have to read it because uh <laughs> 
it, it was like, I couldn't even process it. It was, she didn't hesitate at all. Straight up the stairs and out the window, didn't even look for an exit sign. Like, she did not, like, it wasn't like, get to the top of the stairs, oh my god, there's nowhere to go, out the window. It was like... No, it's almost cartoony. I know. Like, <laughs> like, if the window hadn't been there, she was just going to go through the wall through the, the wall. house. <laughs> Leave a Sally-shaped <laughs> hole in the wall. It was very, uh, it was very Roadrunner. Yeah. She was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you saw that down at the bottom of the stairs, you know, I'm not sure that I can fault her for the logic. I can't fault her for the logic, but I can say I don't know that it would have been my line of thought. Like, I can't say I would have gotten, like, it was almost like she had made the decision at the bottom of the stairs that she was just, like, amping up. (laughs) She was like, okay, this is, we're doing this. She's like, okay, I got a good running She was like, this is my life now. And, like, hit the ground running. It was like watching the Tasmanian devil. She did, like, she came from a second-story window and didn't even, like... Roll when she hit the ground Not even a little bit. She did, like, a superhero landing. (laughs) Barely. She barely stopped moving. I don't think she stopped running. I think her legs were still kicking when she hit the ground. (laughs) Like when a motorized toy falls on the ground and keeps walking into the floor. Um, that Yeah, that was Sally. And easily my favorite moment of the movie. It is ridiculously funny. Especially because she does it again. Yes, she does it another <laughs> window at they, the end of the film. They were like, guess what, Marilyn? <laughs> Her poor stunt double was like, are you kidding? Another window? <laughs> What's this? Another door? Um... <laughs> Yeah. No, but Toby Hooper just ordered too much sugar glass and he was like, okay, we're just going <laughs> well, to do, do it twice. twice. <laughs> um, and eventually she does get chased to the gas station where she meets the gas attendant who ends up being part of the family. And he takes her back to the house to introduce her to grandpa for dinner. Um, my My note for this scene is that, like, it is blatantly obvious that this guy is up to no good, even before... He, like, reveals himself to be a kidnapper. Yeah. <laughs> because she runs in the house and she's like, my God, Franklin, he killed Franklin. And he's like, shh, 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 okay, it's fine. You're fine. You're here now. And, like, not worried at all. Not, and, like, killed who now? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and been like, should we call the police? And she's like, call the police. They killed Franklin. And he's like, what are you about, a size 14? Like, she... He, she <laughs> She should have jumped out the uh, the next fucking window. It was there was no reason for her to be staying at this gas station. Not one reason whatsoever. And there were plenty of windows in the gas station. You would really think since she just hadn't pulled that out of her portfolio yet. I know. <laughs> she's just, she's just, is it time? No, it's not. No, I have to. I have to wait. Um. And so, uh, you had made a joke earlier in the movie because there's a moment where Franklin is eating a sausage that he got at the, um, at the gas station and you're like, oh, Franklin, it looked like Franklin was eating a dick. And then when you think about it, it's like, oh my God, he might've been eating a dick (laughs) because the, the gas attendant is declaredly the cook. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Sally encounters his cooking at the gas station and I was like, Oh my God, Franklin ate a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he really did it. Franklin ate that dick. Um, 
And then the gas attendant comes back. It just back. makes his day a little bit worse. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, how many ways can we get this guy? Not, he got cut with a knife, ate a dick, fell down a mountain, <laughs> soaked in his own pee, and and massacred with a chainsaw. This guy had the worst last day. That's a brand new Irish curse. May you... <laughs> <laughs> May you roll down a hill covered in your own piss <laughs> and eat a dick without knowing. I know. It sounds a bit Scottish if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, and she tries to defend herself with that, like, massive knife. Yeah. <laughs> Which he then disarms her with a fucking broom. I said he swatted her like a fly. She was, he was like tee hee, and he's like, it was like in um, it was like in Thirty Rock when Liz has the the chuckle sandwich, and she's barfing at the hotel, and Jack is like rubbing her back, but he doesn't want to get near her, so he's brushing her back with the broom. And that was this moment. He was like he knocks the knife out of her hand, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Slaps it right out of right out of the hand with the broom, and then I wrote that (laughs) Sally starts making R two D two noises. She does kind of when she's in the truck and he's like poking her with the stick, and she's like, and I was like, I was like, are you computing a way out of this truck right now? What is happening? She she has she's like wow. I also wrote when they get back to the house and the gas station attendant is beating up the hitchhiker and, and, oh no, he's beating up Leatherface and he's like, look what you, look what you did to the door. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, he's like, did you kill everyone who came in the house? And he's like wailing on Leatherface and hitting him with the, the stick. And I said, (laughs) he's going to love this. I said, uh, the gas station attendant is basically dad. Because when he ran out of things to be yelling at him for, he just started right up back at the beginning. He was like, he was like, you fucked up the door. And then went on to like 20 different things and Leatherface was like, and then he, and then there's like a lull in the, a lull in the conversation. And then he's like, and look what you did to the door. It's like, it's like, dude, calm down with the fucking door. He Um, really liked that door. He must have. It was his favorite door. I, I I guess so because he he uh he was very upset about it, and and when you look at the rest of the house, it's like this is your biggest concern. Yeah. Um, you've got your like jackalope armchair in the corner there. <laughs> jackalope armchair, literally a room that is covered in feathers. Yes. Um, I didn't see a toilet. I didn't either. I don't have a lot of notes left, but. One of my notes that I thought was important is once we get into the dinner scene and they're trying to get grandpa to beat her with the the sledgehammer. I thought this was a very comical scene. A, it goes on far too long. Yeah, it does. It's about like two minutes too long. Like a solid two minutes too long. It's like they're, they're like, oh, try again. And of course, grandpa's like a fucking uh, rag. He, he can't pick up a fucking fork let alone a, a goddamn hammer so he keeps like dropping it in the in the fucking bucket and i was like asking grandpa to kill her is like asking the pinata to hit you back it's like <laughs> why why is this guy he is so in cave and it goes on for so long and gives her the perfect opportunity to run away and i know that that's why they do it but it's like what the fuck i mean she had to get away somehow. Like, it's just it's just a plot point. And how does she do it? 
She runs through a window. <laughs> <laughs> and this time gets and hurt. ran past the door to do it. Like, <laughs> like, like ran through the entryway, completely avoided the door, went right for the window. Yeah, because that room is next to the foyer. She yes. could have easily run into the foyer and out the front door, but chose to, to throw through herself through a glass window. Yes. And this time gets hurt. Yes. No, she got hurt on the second time because Marilyn Burns got hurt after the stunt double jumped through the window. They did a shot of her like falling and she apparently twisted her ankle. Which was so bizarre to me. I was like, she hit the ground running from the second story, but the first floor, she was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the glass reinforced on the first floor? I don't understand what's wrong with you. It's smelling. Oh, God. I, could you imagine what that house must smell like? I really don't want to. It's, it probably smells like Sherry Pie's drag bag. Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, because I have smelled it. That is, and that all ties into the end of the movie that we discussed before. The hitchhiker chases her into the street, followed closely by uh, Leatherface, where he does the the black swan dance (laughs) in in the road. Um, Before we say goodbye to this movie, um, do you have a favorite moment in the movie? I th- I think it's got to be the hook scene. Mm. I I, th- I think it's got to be that. If for no other reason than it's just it's the most memorable part of the film. But um yeah. A close second is is the badass truck driver. I I, <laughs> I cannot get over how cool this guy is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like just turns around dead ass throws a wrench like hits him right between the fucking eyes. Saws like, his leg. Like he's fucking like he's fucking Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> and then Runs and then away. Runs away, presumably to freedom. Presumably like, to fucking Missouri. <laughs> like <laughs> they started in southern Texas, I'm assuming, and he ended up in fucking I don't know Atlanta. Where did he stop running? I have no idea. <clears throat> um, I don't think he ever stopped running. He's, he's just, still to this day, fifty years cryptid. later. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my vote for up the stairs and out the window is probably okay. my favorite moment of the movie. I do love the hook scene because it is the most memorable kill. Um, it is so disconcerting, but in terms of like why I love horror movies, like campy comedy, yeah, it's definitely out the window. <laughs> That is, it's just the best moment. I wish I had a time code for you to go back and listen because, or watch listeners because it is like, I understand what they were going for. It was like a moment of desperation. But the fact that like, as an actor watching it, it's like, she didn't make a choice. She just knew that Toby was like, okay, go up the stairs and out the window. Yeah. And so she was like, okay, up the stairs and out the window. <laughs> it was like, she didn't get to the top, look around and jump. It was like, skim to the wind. She was like a flying squirrel. Well, that's it for Texas Chainsaw. I'm glad that you suggested watching this movie because I did really enjoy it. Yeah, no, I always enjoy it when I watch it. I I tend to go long periods between watching it, but Mm -hmm. I always, I'm always happy that I watched it when I do. 
Yeah, I I mean, I can't remember the last time I watched it, but I did really enjoy it. Um, if we missed anything, please let us know because we, we would love to hear your favorite parts of the movie. Again, this is not uh, one of those movies we normally do, but we love to hear from you guys uh, regarding your thoughts on the movie and, and what you <laughs> love or hate about it. Please feel free to reach out to us on any of the social media or at my spooky or at uh, spooky gay fam at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. So that's it for this week. We do have some fun stuff planned for you next week that is strangely tied into this week. (laughs) (laughs) So until then, stay spoopy and remember. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, distributed by Brinston Distributing Company, 1974. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.